0: Hello and welcome to Do you know I don't even remember which episode number it is. <laughs> should, should we check say, that should we check that first? <laughs> I want to say twenty-six.
1: No, is it twenty-five?
0: I'm going I'm going with twenty-six. Should I actually verify that? Yeah, let's let's make sure we've got it right, then we'll then we'll start the introduction. Hello and welcome to episode twenty-six of the codec call, the codec podcast. Uh, I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on
1: Twitter, and with me, as always, is Dr. Matthew Holt. Good evening. Oh Hello, because I don't know what time you'll actually be listening to this. Um, yes, I'm Matt Halton on Twitter. I am Codec Moment. Uh, so, Matt, it's a different kind of show this time because we are going to EGX. We are, or we have been, or this is a bit of a strange recording period. Yeah, all right, okay. So technically, we've been to EGX.
0: It's happened, and we're just recording this intro and a few other bits afterwards. Oh, talk about spoiling the
1: magic! Well, I've, I've let them in on a little bit of a secret. Um, yeah so we, we recorded a lot on the day and um we've got lots of stuff coming up that we did on the day um but as um organized as we were with equipment and meeting people and seeing people and talking to people we forgot to record the intro on the day itself so we, we thought we'd just come back and also we didn't we didn't actually get a chance to talk about a couple
0: of other things which we we're, uh, we're going to go on and and talk about um yes. it was my intention to have done this uh, so it's it's now Friday the 30th of September. Uh, I meant to do this uh, about a week ago on Sunday, the day after EGX. Um, unfortunately, I do a lot of work with pharmaceutical companies and um, I've had to go and facilitate a government inspection for one of them. Lovely. Uh, it's beautiful. I've had, um, I've had a whole week of 14-hour days and uh, lots, of, um, lots of people... Just shouting requests at me.
1: It sounds like much like my days at work this week. Though, admittedly, might have been twelve hours rather than fourteen. Basically,
0: it's been a manically busy week, and uh, and this is the first opportunity we've actually got to to get together and do this. So, apologies for the delay. Yeah, um, it won't it won't be wildly out of
1: date. We're not too far behind.
0: No, exactly. So, hopefully, I'll get this up uh, by um, by soon. By soon.
1: It's not my finest intro. You'll get this up as soon as you can we're
0: gonna we're gonna go to egx uh, that's that's gonna be the magic of uh, of podcasting
1: how many people are getting out of that picasso <laughs> it's amazing. Seriously, it's one one two
0: three, three four, four five, five six, six seven people
1: seven yes yeah, seven. seven seven people just go out of a, a citroen c3 C four Picasso? I don't know what C reference it is, but that is more people. And given these aren't small people, they are relatively big people. Yeah. Uh so that is one of them's one of them's skipping
0: like a and <laughs> one's putting deodorant on? <laughs> probably probably a good idea, son. And another one's got a twitch hoodie on that Yeah looks he looks a bit like a rye bean berry because he's quite <laughs> large <laughs> but at least he's, he's making an effort to skip which is fairness i wonder if they can hear us anyway oh, so Any, we're here gone, in gone. Uh, we're here in car park n5 of uh, the nec birmingham for
1: egx egx egx, EGX. No, we are not some kind of um political statement party no um, it's 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 an it's, a, it's an edf your yeah no you make it sound quite racist no edf not edl <laughs> You know how I feel about our Defence Force. I know, I know. You love that. I also love that the skipping is continuing and phones are flying out of pockets and breaking on the ground and everything. That is actually... I'm trying not to laugh because they will stare at us and there are seven of them and two of us. We're, but, sat, uh, we're sat in a car with microphones, so we're not really ones to talk. Yeah, we look like right at the moment. Anyway.
0: So what are you excited about? We're here, obviously, for uh, Kodak Moments representing ourselves. At <laughs> yeah,
1: that is a good point. It's just us. Yeah, um, um, are you excited. I'm looking forward to this. I
0: really am. Yeah, I'm a bit um, excited. It should be
1: good fun. It's not often we get massive gaming conventions in the UK. Um, I know there are there are several ones that they do happen around, but it's not often that we get to get to really go to them. So uh, this should be interesting. I want to know what's on offer.
0: Yeah, I'm quite excited. Um, feeling mildly self-conscious that we are actually here with proper microphones, but. On the plus side, we do also have a Zoom H6n audio recorder, so we look, we look press, we look vaguely professional, we look pro. um, We might not
1: be, but we look it.
0: Um, So yeah, so I'm excited. What what do you want to see? What are you, what are you intrigued about? What do you want to, what do you want to queue four hours to go on?
1: Um, I don't want a queue for your four hours to go on anything, if I'm honest, um, because as we both pointed out, we're, we're probably on the older end of the people here, um, and we can't be bothered with all that queuing, Lark, um, so <laughs> I will dive on anything where there isn't a queue. If it's not VIP, it's not for me. Yes. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing uh, what's going on around the floor, actually outside the games. So we know there's going to be games on display, we know there's going to be a big battlefield area, we know there's some stuff on um, South Park and the nautilus Rift, which sounds like it's broken already. Um, there's all I'd, sorts of stuff going on, but um, I'll be
0: honest, I, I can think
1: of nothing
0: worse than noiseless rift. If I if I wanted to sit around playing video games and smelling
1: farts, I'd go and play games with my nephew. <laughs> that might be your only option to experience that today, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm interested to see what's going on around us um, and what else the actual entire expo has to offer, because that's usually the interesting stuff. Queuing and playing a game for 10 minutes is is all right, and I'm sure there'll be thousands of people here today to do that, but I want to know what else happens here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. So, um, right, let's uh, let's go in and, and have a look around, see who we meet, and hopefully meet some other podcasters as well, because we, uh, we've been chatting with some of them. Yeah, we will just grab random members of the public if we have to. Awesome, perfect, right? Let's go.
1: <laughs> so we're still at EGX. We've um, we've seen a lot of things. We've been here oh about uh, about five and a half hours now. This little girl thinks we're mental because we're to the microphones. Yes, well that's right <laughs> we, we are sat in Starbucks uh, and people think we're a little bit crazy because we've got full on kit recording. Um, but quite frankly, if we don't start talking now, we'll just forget everything and yeah, not know true. what to talk about later. So what have you seen? What have you seen that you liked? Um I've seen a few things that I've liked um, as we've been wandering around. We've seen some of the VR kit, the non-PlayStation VR, in fairness, and the non-Vive or um, Oculus Rift. We've, we've looked at um, MVR, which has probably already been on. By the time we edit this, it might be talked about. OK, so we're here at the MVR Ascend
0: stand. Uh, it's basically uh, a VR system that you can use on any of your existing consoles. Is that right? PS4 That's right, yes. It works Xbox with the One. PS4. And we're with Sachin. Yes, right. Yes. Nice to meet you, Phil. How are you doing? Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the system?
2: Yeah, so as you said, this is a VR system that works with the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It turns any first person and open world game into VR. So that's all existing and future games. Uh, that's yeah. one of our USPs. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have old games they've got in the drawer, and they want to relive it. Well, relive it in VR. Or you yeah. can go on eBay and buy for 10 pounds an old game. Or even a brand new game coming out. You can play. So how, how does it work? Um, basically, you stream the game from the console uh, to the smartphone. Uh, with regards to the, the PlayStation Four, it yep. streams via the Sony uh, Remote Play app to a Sony Xperia. Excellent. Um, it also works. There is a modded version of the app out there to work with Android, but officially with Xperia. Yep. Uh, you put that phone into the headset. Then we've got our proprietary sensor that sits at the back of the headset, as I can, as you can see there. Yep. And that sensor effectively emulates one of the input functions on the controller. Yep. So if the on the controller your uh, look around function in the game yep. was the right analog stick, yep. then the sensor becomes your right analog stick, effectively your head right. becomes the right analog stick. Excellent. So when you turn around and look right, the game looks right and yeah. left accordingly etc.
0: Brilliant. So, what about if uh, if you're playing a first person shooter and you want to aim down the sights and then Big what question. about the fine motion control? What happens question.
2: We've got an ADS button. You press the right. button, it disengages the sensor. The, the analog stick is back in play. You do your fine tuning, do your sniper shot, let go of that button you allocated as ADS. Back in VR, right? Sorry, it's a quick, it's that rapid switch between the That's two it. functions. That's it. You you can pick what do you want. Which shoulder pad button do you want as your ADS button? Yeah. And if you wanted, say L two, press L two. Obviously, in the game, the camera will zoom in, and uh, you'll use your analog stick to move around. Simple as that. So so I'm looking at one of the pads now. It looks very yeah. much like a PS4
1: pad. Yeah. Is is it a modded PS4 pad, or is this something that you've come this up with? This is.
2: Have built ha- handmade from scratch. So handmade from scratch. that's yes. impressive. Handmade um, from scratch. So it's a very expensive prototype there. Yeah. Uh, at the back of the prototype, you can see an LCD screen. Yeah. That LCD screen is the game profile selector. So if you're playing GTA, yeah. You pick GTA, and the set- sensor is optimized for GTA. If you pick right. Mirror's Edge, the sensor will optimize for Mirror's Edge because all the games games are a little bit different. Yeah.
0: And that, that can be uh, updated as new games come well, yep. out. We're going to
2: have an open source uh, uh, program that you can plug in your controller via USB. You yep. can tweak the sensors. Uh, obviously, in-game, you can tweak sensitivity of the look function anyway. Yeah, But if you want to tweak it even more, you can. Um, or you could be the first person to release the profile for a brand new game Excellent. and put it out to everyone else to download. Right. Fantastic. I was
1: going to say that um, well, we've been watching some of the displays here yep. at the stand. Have we saying you can do a 2D or a 3D experience? That's right. Tell us
2: um, a bit about that. So basically we've got a 2D and a 3D adapter. Yeah. Two of my business partners are opticians. Alright. Uh, they qu- <laughs> uh, they're basically, it's obviously ideal when you've got something in front of your face. Yep. And they're uh, optimizing the optics. Right. Um, basically, when you're playing something like the PlayStation, the console at the moment, it's 2D. Yeah. 2D is actually less headaches than 3D. Yeah. Uh, less motion sickness, so you can play a bit longer. Um, on the PC, you have an app or a program called Tridef. Yeah. You can use that program to split screen, and then what happens is each image going to each eye. Yeah. Your brain puts it together in stereoscopic three D. Right. So
0: it's basically simulated VR. It's, it's, two, simulated it's VR. two copies of the same image slightly offset. Is that?
2: Yeah. Basically, it's not offset. It's actually the same image it's the itself. Same image. So right. if it was offset, offset it would be a, a lot more immersive. But this gives you a bit of depth, depth yeah. perception. Right. Okay. Um, we're talking to a lot of uh, games developers to actually turn to introduce a patch or maybe make their new games in 2D side by side as well. Right. So then you can pick, do I want to play that game in 2D? You want to play that game in yeah. 3D.
1: So if you've got any games that were stereoscopic 2D from yep. the past, they've worked perfectly on this. They will work perfectly uh, on but this. But you can simulate your games that don't have any functionality at all into that.
2: You can use that, that program on the PC and you can use that, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Now, I know you use the uh, use the, the person's mobile phone as the screen. Yep. Now, are there any limitations on the devices that can be used or the power of those devices?
2: It, uh, it lasts as long as a video would last if you're watching a movie. So. Most of the modern phones, they're lasting around seven, eight hours. So if yeah. you watch a non-stop movie, it will last around that long. Yeah. Um, and do you need a minimum screen size or? Minimum screen size would be around five inches. It goes up to around five point five. Right. Anything okay. above that becomes a bit big and heavy. Anything below okay. that's a bit smaller. But in fairness, you're into tablet territory after that. After that, area, tablet tablet know. territory. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, you want to be like uh, you know the modern phones are five point one to five point five. Yeah. They're all they all they're right. all fine. Even if you go back a couple of years back, like a uh, a uh, Samsung uh, Galaxy S5, which is what I've got two years back. A razor. Um, it's still, uh, it's still perfect.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, and you're launching on Kickstarter. That's soon. right. Yes. When's that next week or?
2: Kickstarter. We're aiming to go live around October, mid-October. Oh, but yeah. we're getting people to go on our website to keep a look on it when the Kickstarter's live. We've got a few more things that we just want to get tweaked a little bit, uh, yeah. get a pricing right. Yeah. But the rough pricing on Kickstarter is that a PS4 version is going to be ninety nine pounds for the headset and controller. Right, uh, okay. So we're talking about affordable VR. Yeah. Outside of Kickstarter, that 99 pounds is gonna be probably around a 179. Right. The Xbox is a little bit more expensive because the Xbox at the moment doesn't stream to phones. I think Microsoft might flick that function on. Yeah. If they do, it'll be the same price as the PS4. And because they don't uh, stream to phones, we're gonna make our own you've, screen. You've gotta have and a And that's why it's gonna tech. be a little bit more expensive but yeah. 179 on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah but this is affordable VR. Yeah. You know, uh, the Oculus, the HTC Vive, the PSVR, amazing devices. They're the Ferrari end of VR. We're coming yeah. in at the VW end. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, lot,
0: a lot of people here today will perhaps have both consoles. Now, yeah. if you're, you're actually producing a model that's got its own screen, yeah. is there any way you can use that on, on both an Xbox One and a PS4? So,
2: at the moment, the screen that we're gonna make, uh, the plan is for it to just uh, be a Windows-based uh, screen, so it'll work with the Xbox. We might uh, go for a screen that has both operating systems on it. Yeah. Uh, We're thinking about that so you can flick between it. Um, But most people will either have a, well, majority of the world is Android. Most people have an Android. If they don't have an Android, you can buy a fairly cheap one nowadays for below 100 pounds, and that'll work with our system. Yeah, excellent.
0: Right, wow, that's brilliant. Sachin, thanks very much for that. Yes, guys. Thanks meeting.
2: a lot. No, sorry. So thanks very much. That's MVR Ascend,
1: and it'll be on Kickstarter mid-October, and yes, I'll be man. honest, it's looking pretty impressive at the thanks moment. Thanks
2: a lot, guys. All right. Can cheers. we try it? Can cheers. we have a go? You can have a go. Yay. Yes.
1: <laughs> what did you think of the MVR? I... I thought that we had quite a lot build-up to it because we were talking to the guys, we were watching the bits of the videos, um, going through sort of the development process. The actual experience was a little bit anticlimactic. I think for a, for a, what they, they claimed to be a VR
0: experience, it was it was a little bit lacking. You could still see the screen edges. Now, I do appreciate it's not... What we
1: played wasn't the final product. No, it wasn't. There was, there there was still refinement to yeah, be done. Yeah, and they were talking about lots of adjustments and, and basically you set it up to yourself. So I can see... I can see a lot of improvement on it. it. It worked. I think we were hit by a little bit of latency because of the radio signals around, which yeah, is to be, a to bit be of fair a shame to them.
0: So it, it works on the basis that you stream it to your phone yeah. using the remote play, and then and then you look at it that way. Um, and I think in the in the EGX environment where you've got a really weak Wi-Fi anyway, and it's being used by you know thousands of people. Yeah. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt on that one. And and the reason
1: I give it the benefit of the doubt is because on the display, it might have been a little bit jerky. But when you were watching it on the TV screen, it was very smooth. It was, yeah. So the actual controller action was there. I think as an entry level into the VR market, I think it's got mileage. I do, genuinely. Um, If you've got an Android phone, I think you're talking 100 quid for the entire setup. That comes with a specialist controller. Just get all work. Now, just to make it clear that
0: they are, they're going to be launching the Kickstarter in October yeah. and that's the Kickstarter price. They're talking about a retail price of around about £170, £180 uh, and, and I'll be honest, that price it's not as attractive. That
1: was, that was more towards the Xbox version which doesn't the ex- have the remote play yeah, function. Yeah, the, ex-
0: the Xbox version will have its own screen. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's an interesting one to watch if you're, um, if you're interested in VR for, or, or simulated VR for stuff you've already got. Yeah. Um, which is basically just 3D stereoscopic on... um. Yeah,
1: it worked. Don't get me wrong, it worked. I I quite like the idea of having that option. Um, The market is starting to release some of those, and this could have been one of the best thought-out versions. Uh, I hope they're successful, because it genuinely has got mileage in it, because the true benefit in it is being able to play any game, any first-person game at all, old or new, that uses the right stick to look around in a headset and a simulated VR environment. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting, that. So we'll keep
0: an eye on that one. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I'm kind of tempted and a wild
1: punt on it. I don't know. It's, yeah, I like I say, I probably would want another girl with a finished headset. Yeah. Because that might that might just tip it over the edge because they were, haven't used the mock-ups. And the mock-ups worked. It's just that it's that black edges around the screen piece that was a little bit, Yeah, it loses that immersion slightly. But it was only a very early demo. OK, so I got to have a go on the Wizdish Rover. Um, you did. Which sounds
0: like a 70s kids program, but um, it's not. Uh, I'm here at EGX with Julian Williams, uh, who has a really interesting uh, peripheral for VR headsets. Uh, Julian, tell us a bit about your, your technology.
3: It's a, a it's a VR treadmill is the best description for it. It's a the various names for it are locomotion platform, omnidirectional treadmill, things like that. Basically, ours is like a little one-person skating rink where you don't actually move; you can just turn, but you move your legs in a kind of pendulum fashion, and you get a pretty good sensation that you're actually walking, especially once you've been doing it a while, and. Uh, you know basically that goes to the background and what you're doing becomes the foreground that uh, is the thing of interest so in the same way that you don't normally remember walking with this you don't remember how your legs are moving you just remember where you got to and what you did when you got there and that gives you the sensation that you're actually in the world so more than just putting a headset on and looking around you can actually move your legs and and choose the direction and go.
0: Now, I'll be honest. I've uh, i just tried it out, and I was a little bit sceptical looking at it because it's, uh, as, as you said, it's more akin to skating than actually a, a walking motion. But I tried it with Fallout 4. It's actually a really interesting. Uh, it's a really interesting phenomenon. It's um, and the speed translates really well to the game actually because I I moved through that first section of the game where you've got to uh, you've got to run to the bunker very quickly. Um, nearly fell over a couple of times because it is pretty slippy. Um, but it was it was really good it worked really well and, and it kind of combined with the vr gave me an opportunity to stop and look around and actually think yeah do you know what i've i've moved through this forest pretty pretty quickly
3: and not really taken in much other than my objective how, how does the technology work well the uh the tracking is acoustic what we've got because i've worked so long in broadcasting decades at bbc um what i know is that you need to have something that just works 100% of the time so, we just listen to the uh, acoustics of it and we translate that into uh, the motion within the game. So, um, we wanted something that wasn't going to be line of sight where you have to have cameras in certain positions. We don't want anything that can be interfered with our magnetic signals, things like that. So, we've just gone for something really simple. A bit like the bimetallic stripping uh, strip your toaster. It just, same tech's been there for years, it just works.
0: Okay, that's brilliant. Um, what's, what's next for the, the WizDish Rover then?
3: Uh, well we have a new uh, 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 Rover 2 in development, so we have doing prototype before, this works really well, it's kind of a prototype but people are buying it because it already does what they need it to do. Um, but what we're trying to do is persuade developers that can you please leave in your default control mechanism, i.e. gamepad or whatever, because that means we can interface with your game. Um, Uh, You know, all the ideas about Blink, about teleporting things, all very well. But this maintains your spatial awareness and your sense of presence. And therefore, it's probably, you know, it really enhances the VR experience.
0: Well, Julian, thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity to have a go. And uh, it's been a pleasure.
3: Thank you. It's basically
0: how to describe it. It's um, essentially you're given a pair of Crocs that slip over your shoes. Uh, which are covered in ceramic beads on the bottom, and then um, you stand in an encaged platform, uh, and it's, it's practically frictionless. Yeah. Uh, so you slide your feet around, and the idea is that basically they've, they've hooked it up to a VR headset, um, and I tried it with Fallout 4. Yeah. And you kind of skate along, so you move your legs, and it what it does is it uses acoustic technology, um, it then translates the the sounds that it's picking up and the intensity of those signals into keystrokes for like WASD or or directly into control movements for the game so as I'm as I'm kind of skating about on my legs I'm doing the opening section to Fallout 4 where you're running from your house towards the bomb shelter and it's actually quite good it was you're kind of conscious that you're not Moving properly because you're not really engaging your knees, you are literally just skating yeah. about your feet. You're sliding your forwards. feet backwards and forwards, yeah. yeah. but you do kind of have the 360 degree movement because you can kind of turn around. The The VR headset was connected via a, a, a point yes, of the it was roof, something on would, the roof, wasn't it? Yeah, which would be harder at home to be honest, but. You could kind of spin around in this thing and, and get a feeling that you're running about. Yeah, the quicker you go, the, the, the quicker it actually translates into movement yeah. in the game. It does work really well, um, to the extent that I was, I was running so fast at one point, I actually lost my... Uh, uh, I slipped. You
1: completely lost your balance uh, and nearly
0: I, flew out oh of the machine. God, I nearly went. I nearly went ass over tit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and there's some video footage of that that we'll, uh, we'll get <laughs> onto the site. <laughs> Why am I not shocked?
0: Um, but, but again, um, it was good, it was interesting, it was a new level but it it didn't really grab me in, in the it wasn't as immersive as i hoped it to be. So so these are kind of these are my experiences thus far today of VR. Yeah. And i'll be
1: honest i've not been massively impressed. Yeah. So you had booked a PlayStation VR experience. That i had Matthew. And we've had conversations about this and it's fair to say that as we were coming down to Birmingham we even had the same conversation where you weren't 100% if you were keeping your pre-order on. Yeah, I, I've
0: been, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit sceptical about it and I, I've been umming and ahhing as to whether I should actually keep my PlayStation yeah, VR day yeah, one yeah.
1: pre-order. And you nearly didn't even go for your book time slot because we were going to go and listen to the Hitman devs talk.
0: Yeah, I know. I think having having played both GTA V and Fallout 4 in kind of simulated uh, stereoscopic 3D with a headset on, I've, I've not been blown away. Um no. So
1: yeah, so I was, I was kind of well, you know. So, so we, if, we're, we, if I'm available, I'll go, but I'm not yeah. that fast. So we, we decided to go, um, and we queued for probably an hour. Yeah, it would have been. Fairness. Yeah, it would have been in the end. Even um, though in we're a booked. nice little VIP area, which, yeah. was, which is
0: all right. Where apparently they shouted my name and I never heard. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's <laughs> because, probably why we were waiting for so
1: long. Because Stuart Cullen, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuart Cullen. That's that's all you need. Um, so we did get called and you went to play something uh, and how did you find it i got to play london heist
0: um on the the v r worlds is that that's like the yes. demo so um i got to play the the demo of the london heist game and it starts off it's it's not the it's not the nicest looking thing it's kind of um it's a bit it's a bit p s three and it's in its slightly blocky graphics it's not it's not the smoothest looking thing it looks all right um yeah yeah i think that's fair yeah but actually in full-on vr 3d it was instantly it was very immersive and i have to say even before this kicked off in just the um, in just the loading screen for the demo Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few problems getting it, getting it up with the controller and stuff. And it, it's, really, it's really apparent when you flick between the 3D stereoscopic effect and, and just the, the 2D, uh, the, like, the, like screens menu screens. the menu screens from the yeah. PlayStation, actually. It's quite, it's quite jarring, that transition. Um, because you go from kind of being able to move your head around the environment and look around and stuff, and then suddenly you've just got like a menu screen that yeah. follows, that tracks your head, and that's a bit weird. So you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway loading screen comes up for the PlayStation VR Worlds and there's just this like shining diamond ball in front of me and I was kind of trying to reach out and touch it then I
1: realised I haven't actually got any arms in this virtual world that I'm in so so it was a bit I I was stood watching uh, that and I was with Mr. Cullen and uh, his lovely lady uh, and uh, she actually pointed out that you you were reaching for that ball because we could see the screen. Okay. However, um, what you didn't know with your big headset on was that the lovely PlayStation woman who set you up was bent down in front of you as you were reaching out. <laughs> oh dear. And I wasn't quick enough with the camera. <laughs> You're telling me I nearly sexually assaulted somebody? <laughs> Very nearly. She, she was about she was about eight inches away from being. Oh whoops! Sorry. Upset. <laughs> Oh, well, sorry. Well, she was very polite. Um, yeah. anyway, so um that. So anyway, what was the experience like Because given that you have a sorry. great VR experience today? It was it was
0: fab. It really was actually brilliant. Once you get into the London heist thing, so you you're just driving along in a van and it's clear that you've done a you've done a heist and it's all East London, all right, you muppets and all that. It was lovely. Uh it's like being back home. Um <laughs> And it's, it's brilliant. So, like, the, the basically, you've got the move controllers in your hand, and, and the only instruction you're given is uh, to, to interact with something. You just need to press the trigger button. Yeah. So, it was that moment of um, I'm kind of there, okay, very nice, looking around, can see the world, looking out the window of the van, trying to see behind. And, and the, that's, the, that's the thing that whole being able to actually turn around 360 degrees and look behind you, Yeah. and look at the driver, um, and look down, you know, into the. the kind of space between the two seats in the van and there's a bag with ammunition and stuff in it um, and then the woman says uh, put your hands up you've, you've got arms and I was like put my hands up and I'm like, yeah. there's, there's just this pair of gloves appeared in front of me which was slightly slightly weird in a non-corporeal sense but um, so that was good. and then, then opening the glove box and there's more ammunition inside and a, a can of drink um, and it kind of kicks off and then there's a, a motorbike drives by you and uh, you, they start shooting at you and I ducked I physically ducked and you can you can see it in this video that the second they start shooting I do I stick my head down it was it was just instinctive um, really interesting uh, and then like this this McDonald's coke drink container yeah. fell off the dashboard for you know reasons uh, which you'll see if you, you look at the video basically we, we ran over this motorcyclist and um, he hits the windscreen and knocks your drink over and I just, I don't know why, but I thought, I wonder if I can pick that up. And I, and I did. And, I, and then my next thought was, I wonder if I can throw this at the guy driving. <laughs> yes, you totally can. And it's so immersive. It's brilliant. Um, and then you're given a gun and you shoot away. And it's, it's all very good. You, you have to reload by actually reloading your gun, slapping yeah. a magazine into the bottom. And uh, you, actually going to the effort of picking up the magazine to put it in it's just so imm- in four, I think I had four minutes on it four minutes it was, it was four minutes and it's the most immersive four minutes of my life and it's totally convinced me that actually I do
1: I do want to keep my pre-order yeah. I have to say when, when she took that headset off you I have not seen you so happy with a video game probably since Metal Gear Solid 3 it's just it was amazing really amazing yeah, yeah it, it was good fun to watch as well because we, we were stood by, obviously we see you moving around, but we've got the full display and feed from the, the PS4 as well. And it just, it convinces me that it, it's not just the the fun for the person playing, it means other people around can share in the experience as well. And I think I think they've nailed that. Because that that's one thing that has to be core from the beginning, you have to still be able to make it a little bit social. And that does.
0: Yeah, I, all, all the doubts that I've kind of had about it have been... Um have been washed away with with that brief four minute demo and as i say that was one one game for four minutes and maybe it was the right game maybe it was exactly the right thing i don't know yeah. perhaps perhaps i'd
1: have uh, played something else and, and come away thinking oh do you know what this isn't yeah. for well, me I, I was praying that you get um, resident evil 7 so i could just try and give you a heart attack funnily <laughs> enough i was praying the complete opposite <laughs> Um, I just had this moment of
0: thinking, I hope I don't get Resident Evil 7, because what if somebody, uh, what if the PlayStation person at the end comes up to you to tell you your goes-over and puts your hand on your shoulder? I mean, <laughs> and you just think it's part of the immersive experience. <laughs> um, no, I really, really yeah. wasn't, wasn't up for that. But it, no, I struck
1: lucky on that front. Um, really good stuff. So very no, excited now about that. That is good. VR. That is good. I have seen uh, a dev interview with the one of the Hitman guys. Uh, done by Holly Bennett from PlayStation Access. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually. The, was interesting. Um, uh,
0: looking at what's coming up in the next Colorado level. Yeah, which does look awesome. Looks really good. Looks different to everything that we've seen does. so far.
1: We watched... I'll, I'll give the guy some props. Um, we watched a guy play Titanfall and be on quite a streak. He oh, was seriously good. We got, we actually got lucky, actually, with, um, with being stood behind that guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, better, was than, um, better than I am. It, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but I'm afraid I'm not. I'm not sold on Titanfall. If I'm honest, it's not not for me. I don't think. Okay. And we played an exclusive contract in Hitman. Yeah, we did. We went did. in and did that. Do you remember what it was called? Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but we had to take out three targets in Bangkok, and it was the first time I played <laughs> Bangkok levels, so I was a little bit lost. So um, just to just to give it some context, we,
0: we went in, we sat down, and we had 20 minutes to uh, to eliminate these three targets and, and exfiltrate. And we, we were there with a bunch of the Laps Gamer guys. Yes, we were. Um, of all of us, Matt is, I think, the only one of us who hasn't played the Bangkok mission before, was the only one of us that managed to complete it. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, I, I did it in, in fairness. I were about two minutes over time. Um, but as the guy saw that I was heading towards the exit, I think he kind of let me off. I think my my downside was, uh, was twenty minutes was
0: actually quite a reasonable time frame to yes. do it in. Yeah. But um, the second you say you've only got this long to do something, I I kind of panicked and thought I've got to brute force this, and it really didn't. Work. You
1: you did panic because I, we were sat next to each other, and I kept glancing over yeah. at you as mine was loading. that you were meticulously picking your your loadout. Yeah, and then um, I imagine every t- I imagine every time
0: you looked over, I was on the loading screen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so that that
1: didn't go so well, but it was good. I, I got, I did kill them. I just didn't get to the exit. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed it because I did genuinely think how's this going to work, and I, I totally forgot where we were. I yeah. was we just zoned in completely. It was it was really nice. It's a
0: great map as well. Bangkok is. is a really good map. But yeah. when you um, when you actually go to play it proper, um,
1: with all the opportunities and everything, I think you, yeah. I think you'll really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so right, well, I think that kind of sums up where what we've got so far we we have spent a lot of time wandering around we've looked at a lot of different things um we decided it was coffee break time and we're going to go back in because i think uh there a few other bits and pieces we want to do but the main thing is we want to have a go on gt sport yeah with the full racing setup absolutely against each other on brand's hatch <laughs> before we go home um and i've got a feeling we might need to start queuing now to stand a chance of getting that in
0: Right, right let's go get in that queue we decided we were going to bite the bullet in queue for a couple of the games that we really wanted to play.
1: Yeah, we did. And we saw the longest queue was with uh, GT Sport. And we thought, screw it. Let's get in the queue. If it takes us an hour, it takes us an hour. And we'll see what's left. But we, we both really want to get into those little pods with the steering wheels and the pedals and have a go. Yeah,
0: so to um to clarify, they're, they're basically like... They were like giant wheels, weren't they, with... um. With a full kind of driving setup inside, screen, racing wheel, proper racing seat,
1: pedals. Uh, yeah. They were awesome. Yeah, they were brilliant. They were really good. Um it probably didn't take us quite an hour to get to it. They were whipping through relatively quickly. Um can't really fault the setups. The setup were nice. Um I couldn't move my seat far enough back. I was a little bit cramped in there. So we we queued for the best part of an hour
0: and um I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it an extensive trial that we had um i think mine lasted a whole two minutes 36 seconds
1: yes and that i had um, an extra two seconds um after colliding yes. with some ai and i was there for 238 excuses excuses uh, but um
0: yeah, yeah. who finished your slow man? yeah <laughs> and who finished <laughs> the next
1: game we're going to talk about Touche.
0: Uh, so, before, we're, uh, before yeah, we go so We have to
1: explain, I've had grief for five days for being two seconds slower than Andy on GT Sport. Um, so, I'm rubbing what, it in on some other bits. What can I say? It's not my fault you're a terrible driver. It's, it's more disconcerting that we finished before
0: everybody else who was having a go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also the fact that the pair of us have probably got between us around about 35 years of driving experience. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, really, what, what did you make of GT Sport? Because I've got to say, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But I, if I'm honest, it was probably more the whole steering wheel setup
1: than, than anything else. I'm with you. I'm with you. The, um, the game was typically GT. Um, it looked nice. It was very smooth. That's what I noticed over GT6 and GT5. There was no screen to slow down anything. It was it was really smooth, really nice. But it looked GT, that clean, polished, slick lines. Um, It, it wasn't anything majorly special or above what we've played before. Um, but I think having the steering wheel and the pedals made it feel completely different. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I've, I've never played uh an
0: arcade yeah, well, I've never played a Gran Turismo or a, a console-based driving game with wheels and a and a seat and pedals like that, so it was it was a new experience for me, and it was also, I mean, it it totally changed the experience for me because I've always uh, I've always thought I'm not great at racing games. Um, I enjoy them, but I've never I've never felt that I'm that great when I'm playing them with a control pad because you know I I tend to overcorrect a little bit on the steering and never find the throttle and the braking as responsive as I'd like it to be. Um, and actually playing with, with that setup, it was awesome because it was like, well, you know, it's like driving a proper car. I knew that what the brake response would be like. I knew that, you know, if I had too much power on, I could, I could lift off slightly, get control of the car again and then put the power down rather than, you know, start to start to spin out. It it was great. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't really remember much about the GT experience
1: and it could have been running drive club for all I know. (laughs) It was, it seemed kind of Basic Gran Turismo. What what were we in? Were we in? Were we in some kind of Nismo tuned vehicle. Um, we were around Brands Hatch, but it was the Indy circuit, so it was a very short circuit. Um, it it was it was bog standard GT. I think the thing that left the impression is exactly what you said. It's the steering wheel and pedals. That's what that's what did it. That full force feedback on the corners and when you hit something and uh, when you when you're slipping out and you're sliding and drifting. You you noticed it more, um, yeah. And it's probably sold me on GT Sport because of that. Despite the fact that when I do get it, it'll be a pad in the living room because I've just not got the space or, in fairness, the cash for that kind of um, setup.
0: Yeah, no, I I I would I'd have to say I'm kind of I'm kind of the other way. I, I think if anything, it, it's it's not sold me on GT Sport because I think I've I've been overawed by the setup. And it's kind of just made me think, well, I don't, I don't actually think I formed an opinion of the game other than, oh my God, it's awesome to play it with a really good wheel and, and proper pedals. In a cockpit of a car kind of thing. In a, in a cockpit with a, with a racing seat that admittedly didn't go quite far enough back, but was, was close enough for comfort.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, I can see myself playing the game. I do want to know a little bit more about it. Uh, the interesting thing was that given that there were 12 of the pods all next to each other, um, nobody was racing each other. It was just purely against the AI, and I thought the whole point of GT Sport was community, um, multiplayer racing, interactivity, and there was none of that in the demo. Yeah, that was a real shame, and I think uh, especially uh,
0: if potentially you're up against 11 other people that you you didn't know, then perhaps people would, would take it a bit seriously and actually um, you, you might have got a good race out of it
1: yeah it could have been good. It could have been horrific given some of the people we were watching as we were waiting but um so on the one hand, I'm glad that it we weren't against real people, but on the other, I think they missed a total trick to show off what it's capable of
0: it's a shame. it's a shame i mean they had a they had a high throughput, but you know we we literally got two and a half minutes on the game, and it would have been nice to have seen a few other things to have seen the um uh, to perhaps see the scope of the you know the the car lots and the used car centers and perhaps just get a even if it was just a a
1: video talking you through it. Yeah, I don't know if they're in GT Sport. In fairness, I I've, I've, I haven't read enough detail to understand it, but I thought the focus was more on the sport racing rather than that whole buying, selling, tuning, which would be a shame because that's the whole Gran Turismo experience for me. Yeah, well, I I'll be honest, I'm in the same position. I've not
0: really. I've not really read that much into it, and I have to say, if it's not the full GT package, then you, what is the point of it? it? It is just like Drive Club, or you know, AN another racing game where you you get certain car choices and things. No, I want to. I want that. That was half. That was half the thing I spent doing in earlier GT games was browsing what I wanted to buy next, and still buying a
1: Golf.
3: As, yeah, <laughs> it was all about the
1: aspirational purchases. Okay, so that's that was two and a half minutes on GT Spot that we queued for, yeah, just under an hour, maybe fifty minutes or so, um, and then we nearly ran around the corner because we said, "Let's go see if the queue for Dishonored is short enough," and um, we managed to get in on that, didn't we? And that was half an hour with Dishonored 2. We got a whole half hour with Dishonored too, uh, and and to be honest, we didn't queue
0: very long at all. It was uh, it was pretty good at that point. Right at the end of the day. And I'll
1: let, you, I'll let you kick off. What do you think of it? Yeah, well, we played the Clockwork Mansion level. Um, Before we went in, we were given a little bit of a briefing, talked by the guy running the queue, just to let us know what we'd be playing. We were given the choice of whether we wanted to be Corvo or Emily. Um, Corvo for basically going on a murder spree, Emily for being a bit more stealthy. Um, I think we both <laughs> chose Emily, didn't we? I think having having both played Dishonored, the opportunity to uh, to play a different character was, was appealing. Yeah. So we took that and um, got plonked down in front of um, a monitor with a pair of headphones and a joypad and told, there you go, half an hour, play as much as you want, and you're in the clockwork mansion. And it was nice. It was nice playing Dishonored again. Um Playing as Emily, different powers, different sort of health and skill and strength, but it was still very much the core Dishonored experience. Um, the movement was there, the art style, um, the the thought into the backgrounds, the enemies, the characters. It was, it was all there, and it was all presented to you in a quite concise, quick method. So if you played the previous games, you were actually quite familiar with what you were doing straight away um and i love the clockwork mansion because it's what we got teased in that big fmv video that got released last year that looked fantastic this obviously is in game engine now but pulling switches to completely change the layout of where you are to work your way through was was a really nice idea yeah it was uh, it was a really interesting take
0: on um it's a really interesting take on level design actually that feeling that you're um You'd reach an impasse and you'd think, right, well, uh, what what have I got to do to uh, to proceed? What switches do I need to interact with? Is there a sequence I need to do them in?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it might have been a little bit of a case, maybe overthought it slightly because most of the time it was just pull one switch. Um, That's not to say that pulling multiple times or in particular ways will get you to hidden areas. Um, given that we only had half an hour and we had two objectives, which was um, rescue Sokolov, who was from the first game, and um, assassinate the guy who was in there, who was taunting you all the way through. Um, that was it. That was the actual, the, actually, what we had to do. So, forget secrets. It was just all about getting through, completing it.
0: How, how did the guy? Uh, how did the guy who gave us the briefing describe him?
1: He said, um, "When you finally get to him, you will want to kill him." <laughs> yeah, he's. He's a little bit arrogant. Yeah, and and he, he recommended not killing him. He said it's, it's far more rewarding. Um, when I got to him, I wanted to not kill him. Um, I activated the wrong power and ripped him in half. <laughs> so one of Emily's traits is um, being able to um, move herself into shadow. And creep around behind enemies, but if you actually touch those enemies whilst you're in shadow, um, you pop up and then pull their arms and legs and, and split them in two, which is lovely. Um, but I accidentally yeah I accidentally killed him when I didn't want to I actually want to see what the uh, leaving him alive option was. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing was really interesting. Rescuing Sokolov was probably the most boring part of it because you were you were having to find your way into like a clockwork cell. And quite frankly, circle of what round his cell he would have got himself out because it's all done by pressure plates, so there was nothing fancy in it, and then ultimately, you just had to carry him out back to a um like a what well, it's almost a roller coaster ride, isn't it that you've arrived there on um that that I mean, it was a little bit disappointing not not because it wasn't different it was just it wasn't interesting. I was much more interested in working my way around the mansion. Avoiding or taking down the guards and getting to the final target. Just grabbing Sokolov and walking out with him over your shoulder was, yeah, neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, and I think for me the hardest, the hardest challenge was the checkpointing. Because so many times um, something would happen or I'd make a mistake and you'd end up quite a long way back. And it's not, it's
1: not something we, we tend to have to put up with these days, is it? No, I I didn't come across that in fairness. Um, the checkpoints that I did hit were at the right stages for me. Um, but that will just have been the way I happened to trigger them in the game. So I would have been frustrated if I'd had to have gone further back. Um, and I was a little bit, if I'm honest, a little bit disappointed. Where, where I like the mansion. I like the way it changed when you pull the levers. It wasn't big. It wasn't a massive area to explore. And there was still loading when you went through the main mansion doors and back out again, as if it was loaded in these tiny areas, which was fine in Dishonored on last-generation hardware. In Dishonored 2, I would have expected maybe slightly larger environments. Maybe that's just because it was the demo. Maybe it's because the one we were looking at um, and the actual hub areas are bigger. We we don't know because we didn't get to explore those because the demo ends as soon as you complete the objectives and get back out. but I'd like to see less loading from point to point than than I saw in that actual section.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd
1: agree with that, and I, I think
0: uh, if I'm honest, the, I like the idea of the clockwork mentioned. Perhaps I was a little bit underwhelmed um, by it when compared to some of the stuff we've seen about it previously. Yeah. Did you try? I think out- I thought it was going to be a bit more dynamic.
1: Did you try out the domino um, power? Yeah, I tried it out. I didn't really get it to work, if I'm honest. Uh I know I did. I did um Was it good? I, I tagged up three guards and did that shadow attack thing, so I ripped one in half and the other two flew in half as well. Oh, that's quite good. Cool. Which, okay, which it yeah. did work. It did work really well. Um and I like the shadow walking um option and I, I like the new powers. It's it's a game that's on my radar and that I'm gonna get because I really enjoyed the first one. and uh, having played it on PS3 and PS4. I'm bought into it, so it, it's a no-brainer for me. Really, I'm, I'm going to go for it, Um and maybe we're just slightly expecting something a bit more with a bit more depth for the level that we saw because it's supposed to be a reasonable chunk of the way into the game. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the new character.
0: I enjoyed that. I think, I think what it's made me think is I'm going to go back. Um... So the original Dishonored, well, the the remaster is on my pile of shame, and I think it's made me think. Do you know I'm going to go back and play that, and I'm not, I'm not bought into Dishonored two at this point. I'm not, I'm not looking for a pre order. I'm not, I'm not going to day one. Um, I think if it drops in price, it's something I might look at at the time if if I'm if I'm minded to. But I'm, um, it didn't, it didn't sell it to me. Fair enough.
1: So after Dishonored. Um, we did have another fast walk um, round to Sniper Elite 4 because we thought, can we jump on the back of that? (laughs) However, with only five minutes to closing, we completely missed that wagon, um, which we should have really gone to earlier in the day given how much we've enjoyed the other Sniper Elite games. Um, So we missed out on that, unfortunately. Uh, So we decided to just head to the pub and meet up with the Lapsed Gamer crew. (laughs) So uh, we've we've basically done
0: EGX. Yes. uh, And we've met up with the boys from Lapsed Gamer uh, which is lovely, Laps Gamer Radio. And um,
1: there's everybody yes. here as well. So
0: everybody's here, so well, myself no, not, and Matt, we've got Mark Hamer. Hello. Uh, we've got the lovely Kevin. Hello, gorgeous. We've got Ali, hello. who is a Cornwolf, wolf, <laughs> um, one of the lesser spotted varieties. Um, give, just give him some microphones so we can hear him as well. Hello. Lovely. Uh, and Stuart. Yes, hello. 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 Uh, and we also have Colin. Crew. Colin. Colin, it was Colin. Colin Thank crew, God yeah. for that. Honestly, <laughs> crew, crew. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, um, it's been not unlike uh, being on a stag do. Actually, with you lot, with your name T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what goes on tour, stays on tour. What did you all think of uh, of EGX? Was it good?
2: Um, it's been mostly um, our first time for at least Mark Kev and myself. Yep.
4: Ali, you thought it was <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty dire this year. Um, we've In past years, there's been a Nintendo stand, an Xbox stand, a, uh, and a PlayStation stand, but it's been mainly PlayStation. Um, not a lot of AAA titles, nothing from Ubisoft. Um, so it's been a bit pants compared to other years. Yeah,
0: I'll give you a disappointing turnout yeah. from Ubisoft, absolutely no turnout from Xbox.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we found the Xbox turnout, Which there is were two Xboxes oh, yeah, no, we did, hooked up to two plasma screens in the top left we did, um, corner we of the hall. Oh, oh, really? We well, on, did find two Xbox ones. They were were do-
2: there. <laughs> All right. You've obviously they clearly missed the Xboxes that were actually in the retro section, they had 360s, so they had original Xboxes, they had games to play and everything. The, <laughs> the <laughs> Xbox ones were actually holding the doors
3: open for <laughs> the toilet. <I'm>, uh, <laughs> d-
0: no, after finding the two Xbox ones in the corner, I'm really looking forward to the game LG screensaver. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a really good one. Uh, In
4: previous years, you've had um, you've had uh, little competitions. Normally, it's between PlayStation and Xbox. So every half an hour, they would do some bits, and then PlayStation would do their bit and free T-shirts and AC Mongos has been here and you know uh, people from around there and all their ID stuff, which they pushed a lot last year. Um, and this year, it's for me, it's been a bit meh. It's been nice to see you guys and play some of the other games and a few of the indie games and whatnot but yeah it's been a, a bizarre year. There
1: um
5: was, uh, a decent turnout for Square Enix though. There's a yeah. good collection of Square Enix. Oh games yeah, 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 yeah definitely yeah. Like Square Enix games.
4: Yeah, yeah, massive.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. C- couldn't complain on that. I thought their yeah. their presence was good, Bethesda's presence was was decent. Yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um PlayStations must have had half the haul. Oh, yeah, they, easy, easy. Yeah, huge, I think this event was yeah. sponsored
3: by Virgin and Sony by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're walking yeah. along the passageway on, into the place and it's just PlayStation 4 posters all over the place. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, did you guys watch the Destiny stuff or
1: get involved in any of that? No. Uh, I
5: didn't because I picked up Rise of Iron this week. Um, <laughs> so I watched a few people playing it yesterday and they all seemed really bad. And then I went past today and saw that the record for the strike was like five minutes and 20-something seconds. So yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. see how that's possible. No. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And about, what about highlights? Who um, who enjoyed what?
5: Uh, what was your tethered. most best thing?
0: Tethered. Probably Tethered,
5: yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 think it would go was with wasn't it? Because yeah. like, we went along... Because we, we couldn't get um, PlayStation VR appointments. So we were walking around, and we saw, oh, this is a PSVR game. The queue doesn't look very long. The game looks all right. So we got in the queue, just wanted to try out the headset, and then found the game was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like a, like a God Sim, a little bit like um, yes. Black and White.
2: Somewhere between sort of Black and White, populace and Creatures, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sort of um, mm. sort of feel a little bit of Overlord as well. Yeah. Um, in the way you get to promote your minions and things like that. So, yeah. A really, really, really nice. W- yeah, game. really, really
3: yeah.
1: interesting. So it was.
3: Yeah, really oh, enjoyed yeah, with that. The graphics of um, Media Molecule, it looked very much like one of the, one of yeah, their yeah. games. You know, yeah. it just had the feel of it, it just looks great. And the um, the
5: devs were really chatty as well. Oh, we got talking to one great. of the guys. So yeah. He was, uh, yeah. A couple of them were ex um, Evolution Studios. Yeah, they've gone on to, to make this thing, and they, we ended up talking to them for. A, oh, Scott like Kirkland just. So
3: God, he wouldn't yeah. shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were brilliant. talking
4: to him just randomly, asking for his card and stuff, and he he wouldn't shut up and he was like, turn the mic on. <laughs> Do it
3: yeah, now." Yeah. Yeah, I wish we had. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I was so on the fence about VR before I got a go on it, and I got to play the London Heist game. Yeah. Um, and it was the moment, I think, I was able to pick up uh, a McDonald's cup
1: on the dashboard and just throw it at the driver that I thought, this is the game for me. This is absolutely... I haven't seen anybody grin that much coming off a video game. <laughs> <laughs> up until I came off GT Sport, actually. But yeah, yeah, you, you definitely were coming down here, you were talking about cancelling your pre-order. Oh, yeah. And now, now you're not. No, that was all lies.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just a shadow of a
0: man wearing a mask of my own face. <laughs> Right, um, so we've enjoyed ourselves. We're, g- we're going to have to go fairly soon, actually, but it's been a pleasure meeting up with you guys. Thank you very much. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's been, we'll, um, been very good. We'll, we'll have to do some stuff together. Oh, oh, yes. oh to yes. play yes. together. It'll be brilliant. <laughs> um, there was talk of a Christmas party. And, uh, I'm, <laughs> in Royston Basie. I'm in, absolutely. 20, 20 quid <laughs> in the kitty, I'm in. So. Uh, thank you very much for uh, coming out and just indulging us in in kind of 10 minutes of your name chat. Outside. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks very pleasure. much. Uh, thank you. And we'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon my first kind of gaming expo, uh, it was it was all right. I had a good day. It wasn't, I, it wasn't I had quite the... as sweaty as
1: I imagined it would be. No, no, and you know what? It actually wasn't as busy as I was expecting. It was busy, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like you were hemmed in the entire time. There's a lot of room to move around. Uh, things you would have done differently? I'd have probably I'd probably planned a little bit better on what we wanted to see. Um, because we both said, in advance, uh, and it's probably been the stuff we recorded in the car before we even got into the venue that we didn't want to queue for hours for games. Um, but because of that, we we probably focused a little bit on the stuff that you didn't need to queue for, or just you know wandering around and getting the experience of being there. I probably would have done things differently. I might have just picked maybe several games that would go and uh, definitely play. Um, mind you, we played the ones that we wanted to, so. Yeah I think yeah. the like
0: you say the only the only stand one that perhaps we wanted to that we didn't get to was Sniper Elite.
1: Yeah and I think the only other one I wouldn't have minded going and having a look at was Mafia 3. Um that was right in the center of the show floor and yeah, I think we must know, have actually, walked past yeah, it several times and not even
0: realized that. it was there. Yeah I, I totally agree with you about that actually. I um I, it's it's kind of popped up on my radar in the past couple of weeks I'd I'd been I'd been disinterested but some of the stuff I've seen has made me think. Oh, do you know what that could be? A lot of fun.
1: I think it will be. I've been watching the videos over the last couple of months, and yeah, it's building nicely. And I did enjoy the last game, so I think it. I think it's a. Um, it's a definite. Is that? Uh, cool. I'm. I'm so pleased
0: I got on the VR. Really pleased
1: I got on the VR. I haven't grinned like that in a long time. <laughs> well, I I get mine in uh, what thirtieth day, just over a week. Um, I've got a trial. Uh, down at Meadow Hall. In fact, um, me, you, and uh, Nick Case are all meeting up for that. So where's next then? What, what are we going to do? Are we going to do Gamescom? I'd love to. Um, I'd love to. I know a lot of people have said, oh, yeah, I want to do E3. Actually, I really fancy I really fancy the ones in Europe because I think you tend to get is less hype but m- just as much interesting stuff coming out of it. I don't know. Maybe
0: uh, maybe a road trip. Across the US to, to get to E3 in time could
1: could have comedy value. And that would be excellent. I would really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I think girlfriend and daughter wouldn't like it. I think I think wife
0: and daughter, uh, mine, not yours, uh, would be uh, would be up for the road trip part. Oh, what well, we'd have to take them with us. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, maybe yeah. We could just we could hire a massive RV.
1: And now actually, all right, that's not a bad idea at all. I I thought you just um, meant us to and leave them at home. That's that's where they would not be happy. No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't get a pass. If I'm honest, <laughs> so uh, no, but I think I think the games come. Actually, I, I am interested in that. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them. I wouldn't mind going to that, seeing some of the press briefings, getting some hands on of um, some of the stuff that we've seen less of. Because whilst EGX is really good, it is that very much um, we we'd seen a lot of what was already there. It was just the opportunity to get hands on to it. Um, and I know with Gamescom, you tend to get slightly newer announcements, and there's um, there's probably more of an industry vibe, which I'd like to experience and see what that is to see how different the experience is. Gamescom strikes me
0: as being, you know, more like an exclusive screening if we if we were talking about films, whereas EGX felt a bit like the coming soon section before the film began.
1: That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah.
0: Um. But maybe we'll 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 have to see what we can do. Uh. But no, I had a great time. It was uh, it was good fun. We met some excellent people. The Laps Gamer Radio guys are uh, are all really, really nice people. Um,
1: they are. So a massive shout out to them. Um, I, I'd even attempt to name them all, but I'd embarrass myself by getting all the names wrong. But they were brilliant. Thankfully, named them all in the audio piece that we dropped in. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, of course, and we didn't get to record his audio, uh, but we met Stuart Cullen. We met our current reigning Codec Momentum champion. We did, we did meet Stuart Cullen. yes, actually, and and to be honest, it's probably a good
0: thing we didn't record his audio because it, I it, I couldn't understand a word he was saying anyway.
1: <laughs> He's so Scottish, it's unbelievable. It's it's like you've never met anybody more Scottish. I and you spend a lot of time in Scotland.
0: I do, I do, I do, Although, but that's on that's on the the wrong side of Scotland, I imagine, as, as far as Stuart would be concerned. <laughs> Much, much softer spoken. Far less bottlings. <laughs> and on that Let's, let's end oh this EGX special. Oh, I hope I hope I don't pick up any work in Glasgow in the next couple of months. <laughs> you will. <laughs> okay, well, this this is this is gonna have been a, a short podcast for us of late. Don't forget to keep us up to date with your Kodak Momentum. Efforts. You can tweet at Codec Moments if you've got anything to say about the games you've been playing. Uh, if you were at EGX,
1: let us know what you thought about it, what you played, what you enjoyed, what you didn't. And if you liked the interviews with the uh, the two tech companies that we managed to speak to, and um, we'll put the details in the link on the page, um, and obviously over to their Twitter accounts and websites as well, so you can get more info on those guys. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to check that out, go to
0: CodecMoments.com and follow the link to our podcasts. Excellent. Right, we'll be back very soon, um, where we'll hopefully normal service will be resumed, um, i.e. we'll talk rubbish about games we've played uh, that are currently available, and um, I'll talk about games I probably should have reviewed but had not quite had time to yet, and then um, I'll make up a really terrible quiz that will um, leave Matt feeling a little bit awkward and embarrassed.
1: Yeah, and I'll announce the codec Momentum winner and uh, give some of your money away. Fabulous. Yeah, thanks
0: very much, Matt. Okay, well, thanks very much for listening again. Um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, drop us a tweet to at Kodak Moments or you can email contact-us at codecmoments.com. You can. Take care, everyone. Bye. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>